Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Ghosties. I'm Natalie. And I'm Macy. And today is our Mimi's birthday. Happy birthday! Happy woo, birthday, woo, 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 Mimi. Woo, woo. She is like the angel queen. We've talked about her <laughs> so many times on the podcast, but we just wanted to acknowledge her again for her birthday. She watches every single one of these, mm-hmm. and she just loves all things angels. So to honor her, we wanted to discuss the phenomenon that many people attribute to their guardian angels, which you may not know this. It's called the third man factor. I've never heard that term. I hadn't before either. It's uh, basically a mysterious presence that many people have felt or seen in times of great stress or danger, which we, we would think a guardian angel's there when you're yeah. really struggling. Yeah. And I've always really been interested in hearing people's encounters about guardian angels. And this is just another angle, I guess. Hmm. I'm excited. You'd, you've been telling me all week that like you have a certain angle you want to go about. And my knowledge is kind of limited mm-hmm. other than like what Mimi has said. And yes told us and things like that so i'm excited to learn yes i'm excited to tell (laughs) oh and another quick note we haven't mentioned the brands of teas we've been drinking but i figured maybe we should i didn't know if anybody would be interested but just in case y'all wanted to drink along with us or or pick the ones that um we talk about most of them are from spice and tea merchants we buy it online they also have stores throughout the place the first one i went to was i think in breckenridge colorado but they have stores all over and, and you can buy everything online these, um, which we're drinking today, is green tea in honor of our grandma. She loves green tea, so this is her favorite. We are doing one from our just a local grocery store. The brand is called Bigelow. So, in case you were wondering, <laughs> <laughs> all right, you ready? Yep, let's go. So this is my first time having green tea and I love it. I think I'm going to take this from you. You had like a couple more bags. Yeah, you can have it all. It, I'm going to take it. It's really refreshing. It's good. I really like it. It's like, because I really only like to drink water. Like I don't drink coffee. I don't drink any like other little drinks. So like, this is it. I really like this one. I'm glad you do. We can drink it more often together. I'm going to, like I usually do, start with some stories. So this story is from Reddit. It's on r slash paranormal. The author was CFD Callahan. Yesterday, I was cleaning a client's house. I was wrapping up mopping their upstairs. I had a lot on my mind, so I was on autopilot and not really paying attention to where I was walking. I was walking backwards while mopping, and all of a sudden, I heard a firm male voice in my head say, stop. I instantly stopped walking backwards and mopping, and I looked down to see that if I even were to have moved one more inch, I would have fallen down the stairs. I felt more shocked than anything that I almost could have died or at least gotten seriously hurt. It didn't even register creepy to me that I heard a voice in my head that wasn't mine. Oh my god! (laughs) That's crazy. That's scary. I don't know if that's comforting or scary, but that's scary. That reminds me, our cousin one time, she said that she was putting, like she was doing something and had her back turned. Like she was like digging under the TV, like messing with movies. I don't know. We have to ask her. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. (gasps) She was in her apartment and she was messing with like the, uh, the discs that she had on her tv stand and she heard a male voice go turn around (laughs) and she said she was just like no or like she didn't move and then eventually just like moved or whatever but she heard a firm male voice go turn around i would have jumped through the tv you gotta ask her throw up (laughs) this isn't supposed to be a scary episode you have to ask her you know what i'm talking about Oh yeah, this is, not, this is not a scary episode. This is mostly nope. lighthearted. Of course, we love the scary. So I put a, a little scary story at the end. But 
this is not this is a lighthearted episode. That was terrifying and <laughs> I, I don't know. like it. I this know. was a person that she felt almost comforted by saying, Stop before you die, not turn around <sighs> and face me. Could you imagine? No. Oh my god. I, I would have stayed to. in that position for the rest of my life just to not turn around. But you didn't I hope get the she full said, story. I hope she said no out loud. I wanna say that she did, but I also heard the story when I was like thirteen. Long ago. So yeah. but I just remember because like after because after that if i was in my car driving back from uh the pizza place when i was like 15 mm-hmm. um <laughs> after work so it was like nine o'clock and you know that song's like turn around yeah it's scared next me so bad and then there was that one song it's like so turn around if any song that said turn around from then on, i was like no 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 well, no now that'll be in my mind it thank you me so bad oh i didn't like that i didn't like that at all okay oh, well okay. anyway back on track Onto her story, or continuing her story. Another time this happened was a few months ago. I was driving to work and was driving down a road with a speed limit of 55. I was coming up to an intersection that always had people running the red light or pulling out in front of you. A lot of accidents happen at this intersection. I was almost to the intersection and I see there's a car coming towards me on the opposite side of the road. No big deal. They were going straight and so was I. Wrong. I then heard a very firm male voice in my head say, slow down. I instantly hit my brakes and the car coming at me that was going straight ended up turning right in front of me. If I hadn't slowed down, both of our cars would have been totaled and we would have been both seriously injured or dead. That's so scary, but cool. You've got someone looking out for you. Yeah. Did they mention like if they had like a a dad or an uncle or brother or something like past? Doesn't say. All she says is, I think I definitely have a guardian angel watching over me. That's cool. But I don't know. I I don't know. If it is in in the realm of helping, then I'm all for it. Even if it's not a guardian angel, even if it's a spirit, if they're like, I'm going to help you avoid catastrophe, great. Okay, but you're telling me, me to turn around for no no reason? <laughs> no. No. But for me, personally, if I'm in my car and I hear any person say anything, we're wrecking. I'm not even <laughs> going to look. I'm not going to think about it. It's, we're done. Because in my mind, someone's in the car with me. And I was supposed to be alone. So if someone said, if I'm, I'm just like, and I hear slow down, I'm going and I'm spinning. I'm spinning the wheel as fast as I can. But that's really cool for her. Yeah. Well, there were a <laughs> lot of comments underneath this post saying that they experienced something very similar to like a voice telling them to do something. One person was driving at night during a torrential downpour. Though the rain was coming down hard, they decided to move over to the fast lane and pass a slower car in front of them. And as they began to speed up to pass the car, a strong male voice spoke to them saying, don't move back. Without hesitation, they moved back to the slower lane behind the other car. And as soon as they were fully back into the lane, in the fast lane, they passed a car that had hydroplaned and ended up sideways. And they didn't see it until they were about two feet away. Yeah, they would have definitely hit it and, and caused serious, serious oh accident. They said that the voice was not their typical inner voice, but the voice of someone else too. So, Did you know some people don't have an inner monologue yeah i don't like to think about it i didn't know this until recently because my brain's always going there's not an off switch so to think that some people walk around with just silence silence nothing that's not me it got me no yeah that that makes my brain hurt because i'm like how how would you think and then i try to think without thinking (laughs) and it just doesn't work (laughs) no you hear your like you hear your thoughts Mm -hmm. i don't know man but i mean I, I'm convinced I, that they do. They just don't understand the question. No, <laughs> there's no way. I've met some people that I do believe just don't think. So that makes sense to me. 
Well, not thinking and not hearing a voice is oh. are two different things. True, but like I just okay, I'm getting off topic. Yeah, but yeah, it's okay. Crazy. Those are wild. Those were both wild stories and really, really got me. We grew up talking about guardian angels. Obviously, our Mimi was super big into it. Still super big. Always recommending books for us to read about her angels. We always bought her gifts. Every every gift ever for our whole lives have has been an angel to her. <laughs> she has like a whole angel, collection. Trinket, angel ornament, just anything and we were told growing up that everybody has a guardian angel Mm -hmm. that there's always some being with you through everything watching over you protecting you my mimi told me that my uh imaginary friend was my guardian (laughs) angel growing up shout out chelsica (laughs) i think we talked about it we did i think we talked about her in a a previous episode sorry i don't know why that freaked me out like invoke the spirits yeah (laughs) sorry sorry And I'm sure most of you listening today have heard of some form of guardian angel, come across something similar to that. And it's talked about everywhere. And, and this is a confession. <laughs> when I think of a guardian angel, I picture Leo from Charmed. Charmed! I was just about to say, I was, when you looked at me, I knew what you were about to say because I was about to say, what's that guy's name from Charmed? Yes, the white lighter. That's what I picture. I just pictured that actor surrounded by light and that's a guardian angel in my mind. Mine too. Mine too. I hope some of y'all can relate with us there too. Otherwise, it's just us. It's just us and that's fine. So it got me thinking, what is a guardian angel? And, And in other cultures too, because I know it's not just in Christianity. It's everywhere. And I mean everywhere. So we kind of touched on angels briefly in our first episode, I think, when we talked about demons and how they were fallen angels. You can go back and check that out if you want. It was our first episode, so it was fun. It was rough. But essentially, angels are believed to be divine messengers of God and heavenly warriors, at least generally in the in the Christian faith. They deliver important mes- messages and warnings to humans from the heavens. So there are several different types of angels through many religions and cultures. For example, in Christianity, the archangel Michael is the leader of an army of angels. Gabriel was the messenger who told Mary about her, her pregnancy with Jesus. In Islam, angels played a crucial role in delivering messages from Allah to his prophets. And Gabriel dictated the Quran to Muhammad. So very, very important to many religions. And depending on the culture, angels were said to have abilities of healing and protection as well. So overall, angels are seen as powerful, benevolent beings that comfort people. The guardian angels are one of the types of angels that's very close to man. They appear to people in different forms and are usually at very difficult times in people's lives. They are assigned to protect and guide humans, and some even believe that there are guardian angels assigned to every family, town, city, nation. Hmm. There's just a guardian angel for everything. Humans have believed in protective divine beings for centuries, though. Even before modern religion. Yeah. And here's a quote from one of the articles that I read. This belief in guardian angels can be traced throughout all antiquity. Pagans like Menander and Plutarch and Neoplatonists like Platonus held it. It was also the belief of the Babylonians and Assyrians, as their monuments testify to this. There's a figure of a guardian angel in the British Museum, actually, right now, that was once decorated the Assyrian palace. Hmm. So it kind of gives you the their view on guardian angel back then. I've heard different, um, like, different descriptions of what angels look like. Like, um, I saw one that had, like, a bunch of eyes or something. Oh, yeah. Some really, really creepy stuff. And I just want to know, like, or is it just, like... Leo from Charmed. I don't think anybody knows what angels actually look like. Their form. I don't know if they even have a form. I, th- I know in some religious texts, they present themselves 
as like in the human form. Yeah. Just to kind of make it Easier. a little more acceptable to humans. Yeah. Because if something with a bunch of eyes just appeared in front of you, I don't, I don't think anybody's ready to listen to that. No, no. The ancient Greeks believed in beings called diamonds that were not diamond, like like a rock, <laughs> like <laughs> daimon, um, that were like guiding spirits and a part of man. And ancient Romans had the genius to protect each individual man and a Juno for each woman. So it kind of reminded me of a description of like an intuition, mm-hmm. like a person's intuition. Yeah. And really, if you look through nearly every culture and religion throughout time, you'll find some kind of tutelary deity or, or being. There's everywhere. Yeah. The idea of guardian angels even shows up in some form of magical practices. They are central to the 15th century book, the Book of the Sacred Magic of Abramelin. The Mage by Abraham of Worms, a German Kabbalist. In 1897, this book was translated into English by Samuel Liddell McGregor Mathers, who co-founded the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. That's a lot of words. That's a lot of words. <laughs> it, it, it wraps up. Hold on. <laughs> Which um, in this religion or this practice, the Holy Guardian Angel was a central character. So there was one Holy Guardian Angel. Over everyone? Yes. What, From what I've gathered. Like, not like God. Like, oh, let me Okay. Think. Alistair Crowley, the founder of the religion Thelema, considered the holy guardian angel to be representative of one's truest divine nature and the equivalent of the genius of the hermetic order of the golden dawn. So kind of the same thing. Like the holy guardian angel is within you. So there's a holy guardian angel within everybody. Okay. Following the teachings of the Golden Dawn, Crowley refined their rituals, which were intended to facilitate the ability to establish contact with one's guardian angel. And you'll see in a lot of places, like just Google guardian angel, some some of the first things that pop up are like, get in contact with your guardian angel. Learn your guardian angel's name. What? Yes. There are a lot of people who want to talk to their guardian angel. It's weird. To each their own. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like, I just feel like I'm skeptical of everything I see on the internet. So like, I wouldn't trust to just be like, Oh, I enter my card information. I can talk to my guardian oh, angel. Oh, no, no, no. Like, practices. Do these oh, things and you can talk to I thought you angel. meant, like, sign up for this free trial. Oh, I'm blah, sure there's blah, that, too. That's what I was imagining. So I take back what I said. No, it's not weird. There are books and stuff that'll tell you how okay. to do these certain practices. And this is how you get in touch with your guardian angel. Okay, I take that back. That's not weird. I thought it was like <laughs> you were paying for a service. No, I'm sure there's that, too. There, yeah. are, there are angel readers and stuff out there, too. Interesting. I don't, I don't know anything about them, though. In ancient Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, the concept of guardian angel is present in all of their texts. And it's said that there is a guardian angel, or two, or three, depending on who you ask, assigned to each and every person at birth. So that's kind of how we were brought up. Mm -hmm. Guardian angels can give comfort, offer guidance, and bring people and opportunities into your life. But they're not all powerful, so they have some limitations, obviously, because they're not like... Very godparents. Yes. <laughs> Very godparents. They have unconditional love, uh, sometimes being described like the perfect loving mother in some of the sites that I, I read. Kind of like a best friend. <laughs> like who's always out looking out for you. What? How do we always come back to call me mother? Call me mother. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I'm saying it in the show because like nobody gets it. But like from the Barbie movie, go watch Barbie. <laughs> oh, are we keeping that in? Yeah. You can keep it in. I'll keep it in. We're going to cut it. Because, like, how do we I keep kind of getting there? I don't know. That's funny. You were looking at me. I didn't know what you were talking about. You smiled back. And I thought, I was like, do you know what I'm smiling I about? was smiling for the vibes. I don't know. 
people say to talk to your guardian angel and you can ask them for help and guidance. Uh, though in these religions, they're not to be worshipped. So you don't worship your guardian angel, but you can ask them for help. Basically. Are you going to talk about angel numbers in this episode? No. Because Ugh. that was on a whole nother because thing. Because We can do that I... in another episode. I don't even know if there's enough out there for a whole episode. There are books about it, so I'm sure I there is. I fully, oh my god, I fully believe in angel numbers and I see stuff all the time. That we is can one get thing. to that. We can kind of say, mention what, what we know. Yeah. So, like with angel numbers, it's said that if you see a certain repeating number multiple times, Over it's some number. way that your guardian angel is trying to talk to you. So, I don't remember what the certain numbers are, but if you see like 222 in a row, it means like you're on the right path or... 444 and it means you're being, you're being closely guarded like your guardian yeah. angels with you and things like that i don't know if those are exactly it but i have been seeing i don't know if i'm gonna still be seeing it at the time of this episode but since like july and right now it's october july to october i have been seeing 323 what does that mean i don't know i've seen so many things and they all kind of sound the same it's either i'm gonna die soon or I'm going to be a millionaire soon. Like it ranges on like so many things. Maybe and I, it means the old you will die soon no, and not, come into I'm, the new you. Not really. I didn't say I was going to die. But I oh. mean like it had like all these different meanings. So if anybody is watching this and if you're watching this, you're probably into this stuff. What does it mean? Like, <laughs> sorry, I was thinking about this. What does it mean? What does it mean? That's why I laughed. <laughs> but like, what does it mean? I haven't figured it out yet. And it might sound like a crazy person, but I've been nah. trying to figure it out. For the last week, because I've been like ignoring it because I'm like, I'm just crazy and I'm looking for it. But for the last week, I've been taking pictures and screenshots. And whenever I see it today, I was adding up our utility bills and all our extra bills that me and Ryan have. Three, two, three. $323. Wow. That is wild. I literally like stopped in my there. tracks. There's something. I'll show you on my phone. I okay. have so many screenshots just from the past week or pictures of things. Please do. Please like, show me. License plates. Um. I always like, I'll check my phone. I haven't checked my phone like all day. I'll check my phone. It's 323 all the time. Wild. And I don't know what it means. That's wild. And I d oh. let us know. Let us know in the comments. Please, if you know if what, you know what means. it means, what is happening? But sorry, way off track. Let's get back to it. Obviously, Christianity, the Catholics believe in guardian angels. Our Mimi is Catholic, so big guardian angel lady. And uh, the Pope even talks about it. So he said, no one journeys alone and no one should think that they are alone. During the morning meditation in the chapel of Santa Marta, the Pope noted that oftentimes we have the feeling that I should do this or this is not right. Be careful. This, he said, is the voice of our guardian angel. The Pope instructed each, do not rebel and follow his advice. God sends guardian angels to us to introduce images and suggest leading to a person to do what is right. They cannot force you to do anything. They are only to try and lead you to the right path. And whether you decide to listen is your own choice. There are so many stories from all over the world of people who claim to have been given guidance in one way or another to protect or to guide them to do what's best for themselves and their futures. And you can find them everywhere. Some people say intuition. Some people say guardian angel. It's, but everybody, I feel like everybody has that like. That inner voice. I guess, I guess, or just like but that what gut gets feeling. Interesting, what gets interesting, and we'll talk about it more, is when it's not just an inner voice. And that's when it gets me. Our AC just, just go. Like <laughs> <laughs> said, like dramatic pause. It's a, that, that was, was a little creepy. freaky. Yeah. Anyway, I have chills. 
Here's another story or another couple of stories. So I read a story of one woman who from the moment she woke up one morning, she kept hearing a voice in her head over and over telling her not to get on a boat. She had plans with her husband that day to go out to a lake with some friends and they were all bringing their boats. So it kind of made sense. She told her husband of this voice and they made the decision to still go to the lake and meet up with their friends on shore, but to stay on shore and avoid boating altogether that day. They were all having a good time and enjoying their day and never touched either of the boats. But by the end of the day, she was talked into going on one ride before they left to go home. She finally decided nothing's happening. She wanted to make some memories. And that kind of strong voice from the morning kind of faded by the end of the day. Because she was listening. She was doing the right thing. Yes. Yes. But she decided one short ride wouldn't hurt. So she got on. She thought maybe she was paranoid for no reason. The couple got onto the boat with their friends and sat watching as another friend was being pulled by the boat on a tube flying across the surface of a lake. That is when things went very wrong. Their friend fell off the tube and the driver hadn't realized and kept driving at around 30 miles per hour, which that seems pretty fast to be tubing. (laughs) But anyway, the tube went under and quickly filled with water and pulling against the boat with an estimated 4,000 pounds of pressure. Oh my God. Suddenly the brand new rope, which was purchased that morning, snapped, making it sound so loud. The group initially thought there was a gunshot going off. It was just so loud, snapped. Then there was a second sound of a snap of it hitting her in the head. The, the woman? The rope went, came back and hit the woman in the head. She was knocked out from the, just the sheer force of the rope and was severely injured. Severely injured. She said that she still has had lifelong complications from these injuries, like is disabled. And regrets not listening to that voice telling her to stay off the boats that day. Oh my god, don't tell me this. Don't tell me this because I don't know... I'm such an anxious person. Yeah. I'm such a paranoid Sorry, person. This is probably the wrong one. Oh, it is because I don't know if it's I don't want to go to work that day or if it's my <laughs> inner voice telling me something's going to happen. And I don't know. I say if you hear a voice specifically telling you, do not do this over and over again, rather than a maybe you shouldn't go kind yeah. of thing. If it's a very distinct do not do this, you probably shouldn't do it. I mean, I've done that before. There's been times where like I got invited out somewhere or like, and I just felt like Mm-mm, I shouldn't go. And I've, I mean, nothing ever like insane has ever happened, but I've definitely listened to like my inner voice saying like, this isn't good. Our mom gets that a lot. Yeah, she does. And I always And listen. she's always right. Anytime she's ever told me, if I've told her I'm going to do something and she calls me that day and is like, I have a bad feeling. I'm like, well, plans are canceled. Yeah. Done. I don't even have to think about it. Plans are canceled for me. At least, I don't know about you, but for me. For me, usually, yeah. it freaks me out. That was a sad story. (laughs) A really rough one. But they're not all sad. Actually, most of them are really positive and really impactful and, Mm -hmm. and, and beautiful. There was a story I read about a woman who had just split with her husband and was living in a small 100 year old house with her two daughters. Her youngest daughter was around three or four at this time and was very, very sick that day. She spent the day taking care of her and was constantly checking on her. Uh, Her daughter was just not her normal self, and she was debating on whether or not to take her to the doctor. Night came, and she tucked her children into bed after giving her sick daughter some Tylenol, and uh, her daughter still wasn't feeling any better, and she was getting pretty worried about her. She went to her room, which was right next to her daughter's room, thinking that she could just kind of keep a mother's ear out while she slept, but she was just exhausted from taking care of a sick kid all day. She woke up suddenly in the middle of the night to someone standing next to her bed at eye level. She thought at first it was her youngest because it looked just like her, but then she noticed that she was glowing white, like a light 
from within and was like almost transparent. She was wearing a white nightgown and was just standing very still and looking at her. After standing there for a second, the glowing girl disappeared and immediately her her mom felt an intense urge to go check on her daughter. Just, I have to get up and go look at her. As she ran into her room, she noticed her daughter was coughing a lot and her fever had spiked tremendously. She rushed her to the hospital and her daughter was diagnosed with pneumonia that night and had to stay in, uh, in the hospital for a couple of days. And she truly believes had she not received that vision and the urging to go check on her daughter, it could have been much worse. Oh my God. And she attributes the visitation to her guardian angel looking out for her in a difficult time during an already, already difficult year for them. The so. guardian angel being like a little girl. I don't know. That's kind of sweet. Yeah. I like that better than a man's voice just booming through the house. No. That's yeah, scary. Too. That one was beautiful, mm -hmm. I thought. There's a lot of life-saving stories. That's very cool. So on to the third man factor, which is something really, really interesting if you haven't heard of it yet. Never heard of it. So some people attribute these visits from angels as something else entirely. Maybe a manifestation of someone's intuition, but the phenomenon is uh, so common, it has a name. It's called the third man factor or the third man syndrome. Like actually called this by people. Third man. Who's the second man? We'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> I first heard this term from another podcast I listened to, which is a really good podcast. You should check them out. It's called Heart Starts Pounding. You should listen to it. It's really cool. Really creepy stuff. I think I've listened to one episode. Yeah, she's she's really interesting. Yeah. And it led me to read a book written by John Geiger called The Third Man Factor, Surviving the Impossible. Also a great book. Um, it really mostly just made me never want to go mountain climbing because there- Did you have that desire before? Not really, but okay. I especially don't now. Um, there are a lot of- tragic things happening yeah. on mountainsides if you didn't yeah. know but the book was full of stories about people encountering this mysterious being being at points in their lives full of stress and danger so it gets its name from a poem by t.s Eliot called the wasteland from this particular section i'll go ahead and read it to you who is the third man who walks always beside you when i count there are only you and i together but when i look ahead up the white road there is always another one walking beside you gliding wrapped in a brown mantle hooded I do not know whether a man or a woman, but who is that on the other side of you? Oh. That's the third man. So he wrote this poem and then the theories based off of, or they just kind of use him as a... They author? use his words, uh, his, his term, but okay. he got inspiration from a British explorer named Sir Ernest Shackleton, who in his 1919 book titled South, told of a fourth man he kind of took some creative license whoa he had a fourth man hiking through the mountains with himself and two other others of his crew the spirit walked with them as they experienced a danger like no other and was even felt by the other two crew members as well so a little bit about shackleton because he has a really interesting story he had planned to cross the antarctic from a base on waddell sea to mcmurdo sound via the south pole so kind of going from north to south through the south pole and no one had ever done that before but it definitely didn't go as planned as they they do. On December 5th, 1914, Shackleton and his crew of 28 men left on his ship HMS Endurance from South Georgia Island in pursuit of Antarctica. By January 18th, the heavy pack ice that surrounded the ship shifted and they were just completely stuck. One of the crew members, Thomas Ord Lees, described it as being frozen like an almond in the middle of a chocolate bar. Packed stuck. in. Stuck. Oh, that's scary. They were only about a day's worth of sailing away from their intended landing place, which is the worst part. So their ship was stuck in the ice and they just slowly got pushed further and further out into the water and they could do nothing but wait. Yeah. Oh my God. The crew realized that their ship was not going to make it uh, uh, out of the ice and they salvaged as much as they could um, as far as provisions go. 
and had to sacrifice many things that could possibly weigh their camp down, including a lot of photos taken by a a photographer that they had on board, which kind of sucks. But there still are a lot of photos. Yeah. He just had to cut it. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. The ship ended up getting completely crushed by the ice and eventually sank to the bottom of the Waddell Sea, only being located recently, like in 2022. <gasps> what? Yeah, they just found it, like, like last year. Like 100 years later, that's crazy. Yeah. They How planned they know all this? Because Shackleton came back. He wrote a book. But they didn't know. Oh, they, j- okay, so they knew that the boat was there somewhere, but they, they just found it. They knew it was in the it? general area. I mean, finding things at the bottom of the sea is hard. Okay. It, like, it, it was even found, it was found like four miles away on the bottom of the sea from where it initially went down. Only so four like, miles, though, in a hundred years. I don't know. That's I crazy because a hundred years, traveled I traveled four it. miles to get to the bottom of the ocean. I have no concept of distance. When you're talking about the bottom of the ocean or the sea or whatever, I know that it's deep. But when you're like, we traveled a mile down, I'm like, that's a mile. But I mean, what do I know? Nothing. Imagine you've got a ship, okay? And it is just nothing but open water barren mm-hmm. nothing around that's you can see nothing horrifying four miles away in some direction that's a long way yeah anyway know. either way hard to find things at the bottom of the sea they just located it <laughs> so they planned to try and make it across the ice to land but abandoned that course when they were only able to make it seven and a half miles in seven days on the ice because Jeez. the weather was just so bad they were basically trapped out floating on ice until conditions became better for them it wasn't until april of 1916 they left december 1914 so april of 1916 that the crew set out on smaller boats to elephant island they were finally able to wait so they were out where were they they were out on their ship and then when their ship went down on ice they had food for two years well i mean they hunted and stuff they were in the middle of the ocean they were in they were off the coast, several miles off the coast of Antarctica. So, okay, no, because I'm lost. You said they were in the middle of the ocean. They got trapped in the ice. Were they in the ocean or did they get trapped and they could like get off and get to like where penguins live? They were in ice, like solid ice because it's so close to the South Pole. So they could so jump off and They're walk. in the ocean. They could jump off and walk. Oh, and there are pictures okay. of them like playing soccer. They can hunt like polar bears or... Probably know, not polar bears, hunt, but yeah, like but seals and stuff. Aw. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So they had I was, food. I was thinking that they were just in the middle of the ocean for two years. I was like, no. No, no, no. They were on hard ice. Okay. Ice. No land, though. Just yeah. ice. Oh, God. For for over a year two, and a half. Oh, my God. Yeah. So they set on smaller boats to Elephant Island, and they battled the open ocean with freezing water spraying aboard for six days until they finally reached dry land. Six days out in Jesus. little tiny safe boats. That's horrible yeah that's so that's over a year on water and ice basically no dry land for over a year nine days after they landed on elephant island shackleton and five other men set out in one of the small lifeboats to try and reach a whaling station on south georgia island where they started over 800 miles away whaling like killing whales yeah unfortunately (laughs) this was early 1900s okay they still did that i don't they might still do that now i don't know but i i hope not i don't think so this is over 800 miles away that wow. they're going to try and make it through the rocky seas in this little boat. They were out amongst huge waves and terrible winds beating against the smaller boat for 16 days. 16 days of them just battling these like massive, Ooh, massive cool. waves. Unfortunately, though, the winds pushed their boat off course and they were on the opposite side of the island, which they intended to go. So they began the next obstacle. Leaving the rest of their crew behind, Shackleton 
Frank Worsley and Tom Crean began to trek to the other side of the island by foot, supposedly with only a rope and an axe. And this is a mountainous, what? frozen island. They had to cross over mountains and slide down glaciers, forging a path never taken by humans before. They were unrecognizable as they reached their destination after 36 hours of hiking. They were finally able to get some help for the men stranded on Elephant Island on August 30th, 1916. So it was a long time, though it took three attempts for them to get out there. The 22 men were stranded on the island for 128 days since Shackleton left them last. And now Shackleton was finally back to take them home. Every single man who had left South, South Georgia Island in December of 1914 survived. <gasps> I was going to say that. Oh Every one God. of them. That's amazing. It's wild. So Shackleton never reached the South Pole, but he did experience something that is completely unexplainable while hiking through the mountains of South Georgia Island. Shackleton, Worsley, and Green all claimed to have felt the presence of another man with them in their final leg to safety. The fourth man. The fourth oh man. Oh my god. It all comes back around. He said, When I look back at those days, I have no doubt that Providence guided us, not only across those snow fields, but across the storm white sea that separated Elephant Island from our landing place on South Georgia. I know that during that long and racking march of 36 hours over the unnamed mountains and glaciers of South Georgia, it seemed to me often that we were four, not three. Wow. I said nothing to my companions on the point, but afterwards, Worsley said to me, Boss, I had a curious feeling on that march that there was another person with us. Green confessed to the same idea. One feels the rough, roughness of mortal speech in trying to describe these intangible, but a record of our journey would be incomplete without a reference to a subject very near to our hearts. What? So all three of them felt the same presence as a like a comforting guide. companion on their way through those mountains. So they, they weren't alone. That's insane. Because they'd been alone for so long. Yeah. That's yeah. weird. Because like if you were saying that, it was just like one guy and he was like, oh, I felt someone with me. It's like, okay, your mind made up of a companion because you were lonely. But they had three people and mm -hmm. they all felt someone that... I don't know. I don't have an argument to that. Yeah. That's insane. It's crazy. And Shackleton's is not the only case like this. A great many hikers, divers, and adventurers come back from dangerous quests with tales of a silent, comforting supporter. So Joe Simpson explained in his book, book, Touching the Void, that as he attempted to climb the Peruvian Andes, a voice encouraged and directed him as he crawled back to his base camp after falling off of a cliff into a crevice and suffered an immobilizing leg injury. <laughs> Charles Lindbergh claimed to have had... Uh, beings in the spirit of St. Louis with him as he flew from New York to Paris and they helped him get back on uh, back on the correct course to his destination and kept him awake for the almost 34 hour flight. Wow. So he was kind of getting off course and they guided him and told him you need to go this way to get back to where you need to be. Joshua Slocum, the first person to circumnavigate the world solo, described a period where he was completely incapacitated by food poisoning and a violent storm and he felt another presence on board with him that helped him navigate his ship through the storm. Wow. I could go on. There yeah. are, are so many. That's crazy. You should read the book, The Third Man Factor. It, it has a lot of stories. Yeah. Because I'm a big, you know, I'm a big, like, brain person. Mm -hmm. Love oh, the we'll brain. Talk, we'll talk Think about it, too. Think the brain does a lot, like, that we don't even know still. I mean, we know a lot. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. It's hard. We can talk about how you feel at the end because I'm, I'm going to kind of go into the, the brainy parts too. Yeah. I mean, I'm not skeptical. I believe I, I believe all this stuff. That's yes. why I'm here. But like, I don't know. There are possibilities. And I always like to bring up the 
the what if the the logical that part because i feel like i don't want us to just be like this is it and this is the only answer i want to yeah. be like oh well it could be well i always do your break. well yes too. i know because I, know. I like to i like to have that too yeah but i'm just i don't know i kind of this one seems true to me i don't oh, know oh yeah oh yeah there's a lot many of these experiences include strong impressions of a felt presence sometimes a voice and even a shadow-like figure in the distance and they're usually seen and heard in extreme conditions, like life-threatening conditions and even social isolation. Many people experiencing and reading these stories attribute these experiences to their guardian angel watching out for them. But there are other possible theories ex to explain the third man factor. And Geiger goes into it in his book as well. So he explains that he believes there are several factors that can trigger an experience like this. He calls it the angel trigger. He says it could be boredom and monotony combined with stress from an unstable environment or life-threatening situation, mm -hmm. which causes the brain to produce an image or a voice or feeling just to keep up some form of stimulation yeah. to ma maintain a high level of alertness. Yeah. Because in almost all of these, they have to be alert and they have to be awake and, and, and the, really the, paying attention. The circumstances are dire most of yes. the time. So it's like... In most, especially in his book, yeah. It could be your brain trying to save you because that's like the biggest part of your body you are your brain like the most important job it has yeah and all of this is maybe like i could believe yeah. that but it doesn't explain the fact that some people who have experienced a loss or someone close to them often feels the same presence during a time of grief but again that could also be you want them to be there so bad yeah you so your brain something to it. be there so bad that you created it yeah yeah maybe but i do believe it i'm just saying what other people could say i believe yeah. it Maybe for the mountaineers, it's cold stress that causes hallucinations and neurochemical changes mm -hmm. or altitude sickness causing cerebral edema or low blood glucose levels. Yeah. Um, what's really interesting is it happens in the absence of delirium when senses seem to be very much intact, though. True. That's so it's also... not like people are like in a state of weird. Yes. Yes. But how can that explain shared experiences like that of Shackleton's and his crew? Mm -hmm. Some say it's just a normal reaction to abnormal circumstances, but it is experienced by people of all backgrounds from all time periods from all different circumstances. Yeah. And I so love when weird. someone with like no religion that doesn't believe anything like they experience something like that and they're like, there is no other explanation than mm -hmm. something otherworldly. Yeah. So we'll get into a couple other little short stories here. This one said, In the dead of night, an angel whispered loud and urgent to me, I smell smoke. It woke me up and saved my life, my husband's life, and my dog. Oh my God. We lost the house and everything we owned. <gasps> but because that voice woke her up in the middle of the I night, smell I smell smoke. <laughs> they were all able to get out. Sorry, that's so insane. Yeah, it gets me. It got me. <laughs> and here's another, another one that happened in a car. The accident happened around 1979. My girlfriend Donna was driving the car on the Bronx Expressway one evening with another friend and me. We were in the left lane when the car decided to stall. Normally, you would glide over, but Donna hit the brake. That is all I remember until someone called my name. Veronica, wake up. I was in the back seat and we were hit from behind. The person pulled me out of the car and got me out of harm's way. When we got to the hospital, I asked for the man that pulled me from the car and the police said no one pulled me out. You must have gotten out yourself. Someone helped me, and I believed it must have been an angel. I'll never forget that moment. See, like, I was literally waiting for a story like that. Because whenever you were talking about, like, oh, it's in times of clear-headedness and stuff. And I'm like, well, no, I've heard, like, people, when they're about to die, they're like, someone sits there and tells them, like, hey, you're going to be okay. Just breathe. And then, like, someone, like, when they come to, they're like, oh, who is that girl? She, and they describe some girl, and everybody's like. What yeah. are you talking about? There were so many like that, too. Oh, I love those. That's crazy. I have so many. I want to tell you. Oh, my 
We're going to have to sit talk, like, mm -hmm. go over this. So more science. I told you we would kind of talk more about the sciencey stuff. And sorry if this is, it doesn't interest you, but it interests us. Mm -hmm. So in terms of other scientists, there have been some studies on the third man factor, including one published in The Lancet in 2002, where they came to the conclusion that this phenomenon must be the brain's attempt at creating the perception of a person from partial sensory stimuli during states of increased arousal. Some psychologists believe it could be just a, a coping mechanism for people dealing with trauma. And it's also used as an example to possibly prove the bicameral mentality hypothesis, which is basically that the brain is made up of a half that speaks and another half that listens. So your brain kind of works back and forth like that. Julian Jaynes, a researcher in psychology who is a proponent or was a proponent of this bicameral um, mentality, said that the third man represented a high brain intrusion into the left hemisphere and is just perceived to be the intervention of a personal god. Though mm. so we can't really prove this, though, because this is a response to supposed, like, catastrophic scenarios. Yeah, you can't, you can't put, put someone, that in a laboratory. No, you can't. Yeah. I mean, ethically. it would be very unethical. <laughs> you could create the situation, but no, yeah. there's no way. People with traumatic brain injuries, particularly those with damage to the area called the temporoparietal junction, claim to feel a presence nearby too. There is also some evidence that the temporoparietal junction plays a role in maintaining an internal representation of our body image. So it makes sense that this would, if there were some damage, the region of the brain, it would kind of project yourself or duplicate yeah. yourself out there. And and it's usually a trusted companion that you feel this. So, I mean, you trust more than yourself, you know? Yeah. And this could kind of also be a an explanation to sleep paralysis, which I haven't gotten into that. We are going to do an episode about that one day. I hate talking about it, but I'm ready for the episode. But they kind of mentioned that in, in this research, and I was like, wow, that makes sense. What? That it could be a, some part of your temporal parietal junction being triggered. Oh, sleep paralysis yeah. is that? Mixed with ah! you being in like still a state of REM where yeah, you're you frozen. I'm going to we'll choose to believe that one. We'll get into yep. that. Yep. For your There's own sake. The explanation. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Probably Thank not. You for that. There was an experiment done on a 22-year-old woman with epilepsy in Switzerland that is an, really an interesting addition to these claims. The doctors would electrically stimulate parts of her brain, and every time they stimulated the temporal parietal junction, she would turn her head, convinced that there was someone else there. When the electric currents were switched off, the sensation would go away until they switched it back on again, and she swore that there was somebody there with her. Scientists believe that people under extreme stress and at, the, uh, at their limits in, of endurance can trigger this switch, which causes the feeling of no longer being alone. This is so interesting. Yeah. I wish there was a way that ethically we could just... Yeah. Ugh, I just want to know. The brain does so much and we know so much, but we still don't know so know much. Nothing. But again, this doesn't really explain it completely at all. No. In my opinion. No. Not every experience occurs under times of extreme stress, as we've talked about in some of these uh, stories I've told. And it can happen to people as a warning, as we've discussed. And it, it doesn't explain the sensation that some feel the presence saved their lives by yeah. physically being there either. Yeah. So there's one thing of sensing a presence, but another to have that, that presence do something for you. Speak to you. Speak to you. Guide you. Show yeah. you the way. So I read a story of a 20-year-old who was traveling the world looking for fun experiences while they were young. While in South Africa, they accompanied a friend on a hike to a beautiful waterfall. They were having a fun and relaxing time swimming, but because they were getting cold, this person decided to go lie down on a patch of grass in the sun. As they were walking, not particularly paying attention to where they were stepping, they lifted their foot to step over a log. A very loud, masculine voice shouted, 
stop from what seemed to be inside of their head. Nobody else was around except for their friend who was still swimming several yards away and they didn't seem to hear anything. So they froze on the spot with their foot still midair and began kind of looking around like what just happened. What they thought was a leaf waving around close to their foot ended up being a black mamba with its head raised licking the air about six (gasps) inches away from their big toe. I knew it was going to be As if just like waiting to see what their next move was. And it definitely saw this person before this person saw the snake. They began slowly backing up and back towards the water. And they said, I have no explanation for the voice that I heard, except that it was so loud and was inside my head rather than heard with my ears. And it came at a time when I didn't feel any danger at all. In fact, I was very calm and happy. I feel that this was my guardian angel who shouted at me to stop as I would have stepped right on the stake. It saved my life. Wow. Oh, that's cool. Again, doesn't explain that. No. It doesn't because they weren't even thinking about anything being like scary or in danger. They were just walking. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, the girl at the beginning, she was just mopping. Yeah. Insane. This is another crazy one. Buckle up. Oh. It was a summer. <laughs> it was the summer of t- uh, 2013 and Daisy and her friends were out hiking somewhere in California. As she made her way through the rocky trail, she placed her foot on unsteady ground and very quickly tumbled down a 40 foot steep <gasps> rocky ravine. Landing on a large hot rock, she was battered and bruised from her fall, but determined to get up and get back to safety. A friend quickly noticing Daisy was no longer with them, looked over the side and gingerly made their way down to try and help her back up so she could get medical attention because she was obviously hurt. As the friend finally made it down to Daisy, they heard an unfamiliar voice call down from the trail above. Are you okay? The mysterious hiker asked. Daisy's friend called back up, telling them that Daisy had fallen and they were having trouble finding a way to make it back up to the trail. The man was down the side in a flash, holding out his hand to me. He told me to look into his eyes and said, I swear I will not let you fall. Trust me. Then he said, dig deep. And he pulled me up 20 feet to safety in what seemed like only two steps. Oh my God. He helped my friend to the top as well. At this point, other hikers had stopped to help, offering water and a place to sit. I turned to thank our good Samaritan and he was gone. I wondered, did I hit my head that hard? But my friend had also seen him and he'd pulled her up as well. None of the other hikers seemed to know who we were talking about. To this day, I cannot explain who that man was, how he pulled me up so fast, or where he went. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's always weird when there's two people that experience it. Yes. That's cr- because if one person, okay, yeah, maybe she hit her head and is Imagine remembering things it. wrong. But no, both of them saw this person. This person helped them up. And then just disappeared into the abyss. Insane. Yeah. That's really cool. So I think the third main factor, incredibly intriguing as a concept. Obviously, I believe our brains are capable of great things. We've talked about that. And maybe there is a mechanism uh, set up to comfort us when we're really going through it. And we're social creatures. So that makes sense that we would kind of conjure up another person. I'm not. As a species, (laughs) we're social creatures. But in our tough situations, it makes, makes sense that we'd have a want a presence to be there with yes. us so we're not alone but it does not explain it it nope. doesn't explain it all to me how do some of these people have shared experiences for one mm-hmm. i don't understand how a trigger to a specific part of the brain can show multiple people the no. same thing no see that's no that to me is like my like my proof to what i like actually think happens because it is so easy for me to just be like you were going through a crisis. Your brain just... Yes. You know things. Whatever. But like when two people are seeing the same man and one is completely fine, like 
Yeah. That's, yes. There's no explanation for that. No. And how do you explain the sensations people have of being touched and carried out of dangerous Ugh. positions? So, like, they felt... There are some people who feel like a hand on their back, like pushing yeah. them into safety. Or their arms being dragged, yeah. like dragged back. You can't explain that. Mm-mm. Maybe you can. I don't know brains, but <laughs> in my mind, you can't do that. No. And how do we explain the voices we hear? Warning us of danger that we don't even know exists. That's what gets me. I don't know. No. Because these people are just like mopping, just having a good time, walking through a field next to a waterfall, and suddenly their brain's just like, danger yeah don't know doesn't make sense to me i don't know man before i can completely give into the idea that the sensation of a guardian angel or a guide a sensation by the way which has been felt and talked about across all cultures from the abrahamic religions to native americans to like some of the guardians that are talked about in asian cultures through recorded history is just merely part of our brains how no. No. I'm going to need a little more proof. Yeah. I'm going to need a little more evidence of this. Yeah. I'm not buying it. Sorry. No, I I think it's definitely... Um, you can't explain it. No. With science, I think. Where I stand, some form of guardian angel is among us every day. There's got to be. Yeah. Or some spirit, some, some angel. I believe guardian angel. Just because I like to believe that. Yeah. But I think it's also good. Uh, like a good feeling to have knowing that there's someone beyond us... Like yeah, a, like a, a higher being there to protect us and yes. and and watch out for us. It's all the simulation. And we're never alone. Oh. <laughs> it's just our person. They um are a person with a controller. They the bought, video game. They bought a mic. And they're like, wait, no, I don't want to. <laughs> Me neither. Because I'll believe it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I do think that um guardian angels are real i don't think it's i don't think everything can be explained away with the brain i like i would like for it to all be but there's no way Mm -mm. there's just no way there's there's something else beyond us yes obviously we believe that we've been talking about that for like what is this 13 episodes we're we're deep in this but yeah (laughs) yeah yes so to wrap it up we always want to leave you with the story and they were literally so many so many i have a lot more to that i'll probably share with you after this out without recording because i just for the sake of time i cannot put them all in here and i just i need to share them with somebody or if y'all want to hear them um, yeah yeah let us know if you want to hear them we can do like a bonus episode or just maybe a little story time we can just post yeah shorts or something if y'all want them let us know if you if you like those little story times of, of spooky or supernatural stories maybe that can be even something we do if we have like a channel membership or a patreon if that's something y'all would be interested in Yep. Just for the sake of, we don't have a lot of time in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> we do this for fun. Yeah. So adding extra would be a, a bit of work. But yeah, let us know if that's something y'all would be interested in. Because we definitely would love to do that. I'll give you a choice. So do you want a feel-good story for the first one? Or a creepy story with a happy ending for the first one? You're going to tell me both? I'm going to tell you both because I have to. Creepy and then feel good. Creepy and then feel good? Mm-hmm. I want to end it on a good note. Okay, well, they both end on a good note. Okay, but just tell me the creepy one. Uh, Okay. Yeah, tell me the creepy one first. Okay. This person was unnamed, but they had probably one of the creepiest stories I've read about this. He was four years old, and for one reason or another, he was sitting in his brother's room crying, as four-year-olds do. Between sobs, he looked up and noticed lying on his brother's bed, there was a woman with long hair and a flowing white dress with blue trim. She was lying on her right side, surrounded by a glowing white mist. She reached her arms out, palms up, 
toward him as if she wanted her to come hug him. Ah, no! In a soft voice, she whispered in Spanish, Come with me, I love you. <gasps> he got up and just stared at her, almost transfixed, when the bedroom door opened swiftly. The next thing he remembers is him screaming in fear as his mother ran into the room, scooping him up into her arms from near the bed and racing out of the room holding him tightly. Ah! They sat down on the couch together and his mom began praying over him fervently. He doesn't remember being afraid of the lady shrouded in mist, but his mom told him that she had a feeling like mother's intuition and something was telling her to check on him, oh that he could my be in danger. God. They moved out of the house several months later and nothing like that ever happened again, but he and his mom definitely feel like something was watching over them and protecting them. Oh my, was that death? I don't know. Was he gonna die? I don't know. Some. Where does she want to take him? I don't know. Oh, I. Yeah, my whole body is in. That really goosebumps. freaked me out. Oh, I didn't <laughs> like that. I don't even know what to say. That was scary. That was probably... so lighthearted. This whole episode, yeah. more sciency, which we needed oh. to have a little s spooky in there. I didn't like it. <laughs> Your scream sounded like SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll end on a little happier one, kind of with the the theme of the rest of the the rest of the show here. Mike was at the end of his shift as a bus driver late one night around 1980. Tired after a long day, he was ready to get home with only one passenger remaining on his bus. As he was approaching an old farmhouse to his right, he noticed a young man waving him down as if he needed to get onto the bus. Though he was traveling at about 60 to 65 miles per hour, he was able to stop, pull off to the side of the road right outside the fence to the farmhouse. Mike opened his door expecting the passenger to hop on, but after a minute or so, nobody ever entered the bus. He stood up to look out the window, wondering if the man needed help with some bags, but he didn't see anyone. He stepped outside of the bus to see if he could spot the guy, but nobody was there. In fact, it didn't even look like the house was occupied. Thinking it strange, he stepped back onto the bus, closed the doors, and continued on. As he drove over the hill in front of him, he saw two vehicles, one of which passed by him as he pulled off to pick up the passenger, had a collision at a crossroads not far from the house. If he had continued on, going the speed that he was going, he would have been in that crash himself. He wouldn't have had time to stop and avoid it. Oh my god. And he believes that the mystery man waving his bus down was some sort of spirit or angel that was trying to protect him and his passenger. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my god. That that was, one of the I feel better ones. now. I feel good. I don't know. I'm going to remember choice. that other one. <laughs> That's really crazy. I thought that one was beautiful. I really hope if I ever need guardian angel guidance, they don't do that type of thing. Because I'm not pulling over. Well, he was a bus driver, I'm going, so oh, and I'm gonna keep driving. I need a, I need a gentle reminder. Oh mm -hmm. my god, that's cool though. I thought all of these were very cool, but this was a more lighthearted episode. I enjoyed this one. It didn't scare me really bad. No, that one I, we needed. Did. We need, we need some reprieve here. Yeah, it gets a little, a little spooky. I'm just throwing up once a week <laughs> with fear. So yes, this was good. Happy birthday, Mimi. Happy birthday, Mimi. We appreciate everyone coming and celebrating Mimi's birthday with us. Woo -woo. So send her some birthday wishes in the comments. Her name she'll, is Vicky. She'll probably, yeah, let Vicky know. She'll probably read the comments. <laughs> Don't forget to give us a five-star rating and review us if you're listening on podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe, like this video, leave a comment. Let us know what you think about Guardian Angels. Do you think it's more of the brain triggering something in us? Do you think it's a a spirit guiding us, protecting us. We want to know. We want to know. Yeah. 
I love, I love every time people comment. It's literally like the excitement of my day. We yeah. send screenshots to each other back and forth. Like, did you see this person comment? Like every single comment. Literally, if you just comment like that one person that said slay, I loved it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Share this episode if you feel compelled to do so. Um, and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Ghosties Pod. Keep up with what we've got going on. We also post pictures for every episode. so You can see those there too. If you have a creepy or supernatural encounter of your own, send it our way. We want to hear it. You can email us. Well, you can DM us actually on either of those, but you can also email us at ghostiespod at gmail.com. That's probably the better option. Yeah. If helps you have us, a long story. Yeah. It helps us kind of uh, keep up with it better too. And maybe you'll hear your story in a future episode if you want. Yep. We're so excited to continue on this adventure with you guys and we'll see you next Monday. Bye. Bye. Bye.